From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for June 14th, 2022. It is U.S. Open Week, the 122nd United States Open Championship Week from the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. And we are honored to be joined on Teeing It Up today by legendary NBC Sports on-course reporter Roger Maltby. Raj, um, hello. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Jeremy. A pleasure. Um, you know, I go back to the O2 U.S. Open at uh, Bethpage. I was there on that Sunday with my dad. And I have to say, besides Tiger and Phil, there were there was no more popular person on the ground than you, Roger Maltby. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you to say. <laughs> and that probably stemmed from a little feature we did uh, uh, where I went to Bethpage and spent the night and, uh, in, the, in the parking lot and did the routine that... Uh, uh, locals want to do if they want to get on the golf course on the black course. They got to sit out in the parking lot for a few days and get in line and get a number. Uh, they have a car parked out there and somebody always has to be with the car. So, you know, they're tra- taking turns, this and that. Anyway, it turned into a little feature, which was a lot of fun. And I think the locals really liked it. So, uh, yeah, I got uh, an abnormal number of cat calls. And, hey, Rogers. Hey, it's a unique place. It's a unique place and a very, a very unique experience. That is, for sure. Um, All credit to Chad Finn from the Boston Globe. I had no idea that your Brookline experience goes back as far as it does, all the way back to the 1968 USGA Junior Championship. So, as you look at the 68 Juniors, the 1988 U.S. Open, the, the 99 Ryder Cup, and then, the, and, and, and then the, the 2022 U.S. Open, does the golf course you saw today resemble the one that you've seen over the years? Well, pretty much. It's been lengthened in places, uh, uh, but the basic layout is still pretty similar, but some minor modifications and as, as the year goes up, the years go on I couldn't tell you exactly what it was like in 1968 <laughs> that's 54 years ago my goodness and the first time I ever played golf out of the state of California uh, yeah I've, you know, I've seen it as a competitor on the golf course a couple of times uh, a couple of times as a broadcaster uh, the 99 Ryder Cup in the, what was it, 13 U.S. Amateur? Yeah, 13 U.S. Uh, Amateur. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I've been, I've been coming around here a long time. It's a, it's a fine golf course, and uh, I think it's going to be a wonderful week. I really do. When you saw it today, what were the major observations that you took away from it? Well, you know, the thing that, that stands out to me most is, you know, as you look at the golf course as a general overview, is is it it looks his age? Okay, it's been mm. a long time. Yeah, and uh, the fescue, wispy, rough, and, and whatnot, and, the, and the, the the design of the bunkering and how it looks, it just screams its age, which is uh, uh, I like a lot. It's in pristine shape. Geez, these greens are 
There are a lot of greens people put on in this United States that don't roll as fast or as true as these fairways. So uh, uh, it's really, it's really good. It's really good. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, and uh, it, it is Roger Malpe with us here on uh, teeing it up. There's been a lot of talk about the the type of player that can win this week, and the fact is, it's the hardest test in golf. It's the U.S. Open. Um, I've seen the videos. That rough does not look very pleasant if you happen to end up in that primary cut. Um, is in your mind the best driver the guy who's going to win this week the best iron player the guy who's going to win this week the best putter is it the best short game is it the, is it the one who kind of puts all of them together what's the prototype golfer to win at the country club yeah well i i think your last comment the guy who puts it all together you know old golf courses from the golden age of architecture uh, require all those courses get lengthened and so on and so forth but they, they require a certain strategy and tactical moves and plotting your way around and getting the ball in the right place which is not always the case from week to week you know so uh, uh, this this will require I don't think it will take great power to win here uh, it'll take accuracy, it'll take good iron play, it'll take great short iron play, and work around the greens, and, you know, you just, you got to be smart to play this place, you know, and, and it's not, as the metrics would tell you, you know, hit it down there as far as you can, uh, you know, and deal with it from there. The closer you get it to the hole off the tee, the lower your score is going to be statistically, so that's how we play it's just not going to be that kind of golf course to me. Of course, I also said that about Wingfoot in 2020 when uh, Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> kind of laid that to waste. But, uh, you know, old golf courses are all great golf courses for a reason, and, uh, and that'll show here. That'll show here. Now, Roger, um, you won five times on, on the PGA Tour. Uh, you won. Your first two wins came seven days apart. And that is what Rory McIlroy is attempting to do here. How hard is it after you get the biggest win in a long time for him and how supercharged that whole scene is to turn around, come to a major, come to the toughest golf course in the world, and get yourself ready for Thursday? Well, I, I think it's uh, probably uh, the easiest of scenarios, hmm. really in that, you know, there have been very few players, maybe only a couple, uh, that could really gear their game up and target a major. You know, you, you're for the rest of the mortals, uh, it was just, you know, you'd work and work and work and hope you got your game in good shape and your confidence up going into a major. Uh, and Rory's done just that. You know, obviously, his game. Uh, watching last Sunday, geez, I mean, he was pretty much spot on. His wedge play was spectacular. So, you know, he's riding a crest, and it's not like, say, going to another tour event 
You know, uh, Roger Malpe with us here on uh, Teeing It Up. I was going to bring up JT whether he finished second last week or won last week or not, but we have seen out of him this second gear, and he showed it at the PGA, he showed it at the players, where he can play these finesse shots. From your experience at the country club, are some of these dead-handed wedges, are some of these half, you know, uh, three-quarter shots, the not full blast shots going to be key this week, and does that put it into more of the hands of guys that have a more full and and uh, dynamic game? I don't know if I necessarily understand the dynamic game, but yeah, uh, being able to play shots, uh, being able to spin well, uh, you know, those, those are important. You know, and he hits, like you said, that dead-on half-speed thing where he can take some spin off. And uh, his, his work around the greens is as good as anybody's. Um, so, I, and I think that's often a little bit overlooked. Uh but yeah, you know, we're looking at some rain in the forecast for every Friday night into Saturday yeah. or Friday afternoon into yeah. Saturday. So now you're going to do maybe softer greens. Don't know how much rain we're going to get, but softer greens. And then all of a sudden, because of the slopes and whatnot in the greens, now you worry about spinning the ball back too much in places. And he's the kind of guy that control the spin, can take spin off and do all those things. And that's a, that's a big weapon uh, for JT. Over 30 years as an on-course reporter, Roger Maltby is uh, for NBC Sports. He will be on the call for this 122nd U.S. Open Championship, which begins bright and early, 6.45 in the morning on Peacock on Thursday and goes uh, through Peacock, USA Network, and eventually ending up on NBC Thursday through Sunday. Raj, in, in your 30 years of doing this, I would, I would have to think... Just off the top of my head, four of maybe the top five or, or six or seven events you get asked about the most are Tiger 2000, Tiger 08, Tiger 02 maybe, and then Justin Leonard uh, 99 Ryder Cup. And, and that putt, which you were on the call for, and... The iconic call you had, the iconic call the late great Dick Emberg had after that of oh my. When you think about Justin Leonard's putt 13 years later, what about that moment is seared into your memory that that you always go back to when when someone asks you about it? Well, uh, I think what needs to be remembered is that the, the U.S.'s outlook uh, for the Sunday singles matches was not bright. Yeah. Uh, well behind. And on Saturday night, the last thing in Ben Crenshaw's, uh, press conference. Press conference, yeah, was, was, uh, I've got a good, I tell you, I got a good feeling about this. And so the fireworks started early. And the U.S., the red was going up on the board for the U.S. side. And, you know, this thing, 
pretty early into the singles matches uh, became doable to look like this could be the all-time comeback of all-time comebacks. And everything seemed to, to, to mount as the day went on. Now, Justin, uh, I don't think, was in best form that week. And uh, he was behind in his match, considerably so. And then he started coming back. He started coming back. And all of a sudden, his match looked pivotal. If he could, if he could win his match or get back into his match and get anything out of it, be it a half point or a point, uh, would be huge for the American side and their chances of winning. So uh, we were jumping around from match to match. Anyway, they sent me to Justin's match, and I'm standing right behind the hole, and kneeling down by the gallery ropes from where he was putting. And he was putting from the lower level of the green, pretty good rise up to the back right corner where the pin was. And you could see it when it came up across the hill. It was going pretty good, but boy, it was on a great line. And I said, wow, this is on a great line. And then it went in and oh my. Uh, the place just went crazy. And of course, it was the big celebration on the green, which, uh, in my view, was unfortunate, but understandable. Yeah. I mean, these guys have been riding that wave of adrenaline all day, thinking that we could come back and we could come back. And, and when that happened, all the emotion was let loose. And unfortunately, uh, Jose Maria Olafabo still had a butt uh, to have the whole ostensibly. Uh, but at any rate, yeah, a great, great moment. One of, one of the ones that makes the hair on your arms go up. <laughs> You know, uh, Roger Malpe with us uh, from NBC Sports will be on the ground uh, this week at the U.S. Open at the Country Club. Um, I, I, I have a Tiger 08 question for you, which I've always wanted to know. You've had a very good relationship uh, with Tiger over the years. You, There are things that are said to people on the ground that never make air, little winks, nods, things that... You guys kind of know, but you can't say on air in the moment. We all thought that Tiger was was just having a knee problem. We then subsequently found out he was having a knee and leg issue that week. Did you have any idea? Did he give you any glimpse as to how much pain and pure discomfort he was in that week? Uh, no. When, when, when Tiger's competing, he doesn't have much to say and uh, he's always been pretty secretive about all those things you know not always been uh, what 100% forthcoming so uh, that didn't come out to late late in the week but he, he didn't have to be told how much pain he was in you could yeah. see it sometimes it's just pure mental grit and I think we're seeing it right now with his comeback now that this is just pure mental grit and wanting to do it for Charlie and, and uh, for himself and for the family. Um, what is your favorite U.S. Open memory, either as a player or a broadcaster? Gosh. Uh, it may be the play made on the 72nd hole in 2008. You know, I mean, it's, it's uh, I mean, these were greens Poana greens uh, that had been stressed throughout the week. You know, that's the USG recipe. They don't they don't feed them a lot of water, and they get hard and crusty and bumpy. And uh, 
the hole was on the right side of the green near the front, and that's pretty much where all the players and caddies would enter the green walking up from the fairway. So it was an area that, that wasn't in the best shape. And he had this downhill slider little breaker to the right, and uh, as he got over it, you know, I mean, there, there was a real palpable feeling that everybody in the job, everybody expected him, everybody knew he was going to make that putt. And then he did. You know, Rocco Mediate, who, who was outside of scoring after turning in his card, uh, on air comes down, I knew he was going to make it, I knew he was going to, everybody yeah. knew he was going to make it. And when he did, it just, when they show the replay of that putt, Bob went around, even a little bit left and a little bit right, and falling in on the right-hand side, I mean, the place was absolutely electric. And uh, those are the moments that that he brings to the game, has brought to the game for many years. And uh, uh, that's one of the ones that uh, I think Dan Hicks was going to expect anything different. Yeah. And the answer was no. Everybody at home, everybody in the crowd, Rocco Media, myself watching, I mean, somehow you just knew he was going to make it. And he did. It was great. And then you see that replay, and it's like, how the heck did that ball find the bottom of the cup? Because it had so many chances to go astray. And you talk about grit and will. There you go. Yeah. That one was willed in the hole. Yes, that one absolutely was willed in the hole. Well, somebody is going to walk away with a nice little trophy and a uh, gold medal for winning the U.S. Open this week on Peacock USA Network and NBC. Roger will be on the ground for it. Roger, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you two choices. You can either a pick a winner or b pick who you think you'll be walking with on Sunday. Wow. Um, I got a feeling about Sam Burns. Mm. I really do. He's a good player and he's playing good now. And uh, I just, I just think it's time for him to step up in a major and, and get it done. So, if you ask me for my semi dark horse pick, the guy I've got a feeling about it would be Sam. I like Max Homa this week. And for, for, for a very similar reason, I, I think he's taken the proper steps, and I think this is like the next one. Right, right. It is, and I think he's a great pick. Yeah. I just, don't, I just don't quite have the same vibe. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there, there can only be one winner. There are no co-champions when it comes to the United States Open Championship. Uh, Roger Malpe from NBC Sports On Course Commentator I can't thank you enough for coming on Teeing It Up it's, It has been an, an absolute pleasure And honor to have you on the show Well thanks Jeremy It's good chatting with you uh, uh, Take care, enjoy the week And, uh, and uh, to all the golf fans out there Enjoy your US Open week